Welcome to the Family Bible Journey. Whether you're a first-time listener, one of our regulars, or one of those who has committed to journaling with us through the Bible, thank you so much for listening and making us a part of your day. This is episode 19, season 1 of the Family Bible Journey New Testament podcast. Today we're looking at Matthew chapter 12, verses 22 to 50. The title of today's podcast is Producing Good Fruit. And our key verses for today, talking about the work that God's Holy Spirit does in our lives, are verses 33 to 35. Jesus said, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. This is the word of the Lord. And so we're seeing in the tail end of this chapter a continuation of Jesus' debates with the Pharisees. And he is doing battle in these conversations against the evil, spiritual, and demonic forces at work in the world. And now it gets personal. The Pharisees had already accused Jesus of casting out demons by the prince of demons. They're trying to say that they're God's people and he is not. And he gives it right back to them because as the very son of God, of course he's on the right side. And they just do not want to accept him because he is not measuring up to their expectations. And this is something that I know many of us struggle with. When God doesn't measure up to our expectations, it is hard for us to recognize and to acknowledge his divine stewardship over our lives. It's just it's just a hard place to be, even as a person of faith. But the Pharisees, they don't even have faith. They have the opposite of faith. They are cursed with unbelief. And even though Jesus is speaking to them, even though they've seen multiple miracles by this point in time, they will not accept. They will not refuse. They are actively working against God and against his Holy Spirit by not accepting Jesus as the Son of God. And when Jesus is accused of casting out demons by the prince of demons, Jesus quotes Abraham Lincoln to the Pharisees in response. He says, a house divided will not stand. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe Abe Lincoln quoted Jesus on that one. But either way, Jesus uses this to flatly reject the Pharisees' reasonings that he was doing somehow Satan's work. And then Jesus goes in and talks about the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And in this chapter, in this section, this is one of the most troubling parts of Scripture for many Christians because there are many people, I've counseled many people on this particular passage because this is the one unforgivable sin. Jesus says in this section that if you reject the Holy Spirit, that that is the one sin that cannot be forgiven. This is verse 32. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or the age to come. Now, I want to preface all of my comments on this section by saying that if you're worried that you've committed the sin, you haven't committed it. To reject the Holy Spirit is to reject the whole counsel of God's word, the whole counsel of God's will, and rejecting the Holy Spirit is to actively work against the Holy Spirit's work in your life. We know what the work and the role of the Holy Spirit is from the very beginning of the Bible, because in Genesis, even before the creation, we see the Spirit of God, the Ruach Elohim in the Hebrew, is there hovering over the face of the deep, waiting to give life to that which God the Father was creating. And he gave it life through the Son. The Son, of course, the Word of God being the agent of creation and the Holy Spirit. His entire work is to give life to that which God creates. It takes active striving against God to commit this blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. 
The only way that someone can commit this sin is if they strive so hard against God's Holy Spirit and against God's holy will that they absolutely flatly reject him, just as Satan did when he fell from grace. That's the sort of the level of the sin that it takes because God's Holy Spirit is always living, it's always active, it's always creating life, it's always bringing light into darkness. And it takes a human being actively asserting and acting in their will with every ounce of being against that work of God in order to commit this sin. And this is how I can say if you are concerned that you've committed this sin, you haven't committed it because if you had committed this sin, you wouldn't care that you had committed this sin. All right. And so I know this is a complex thing and it, it takes a lot of, of prayer and meditation. And some of these things, honestly, friends, we bump up and against the limit of our human understanding and how God works. And we have to, at a certain point, acknowledge our own limitations and recognize the mysterious nature of God's work and his power and his grace and to accept that simply as the way things are and to take God at his word. This is elemental and basic faith and trust in God. But the work of the Holy Spirit for those who do not reject him is to produce good fruit in their lives, which is where we read those key verses. Jesus says the good person out of his good treasure brings forth good and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I have one of those words of wisdom sections for those of you who are journaling through the Bible on chapter 12, verse 35. You can only give what you've been given. If I wrote a million dollar check to you today and sent it in the mail and you took it to the bank and you tried to cash it, the bank would laugh in your face because I don't have a million dollars in my bank account in order to give you a million dollars. I can only give you what I've already been given. That's what that means. And so the people who have been touched by the word of God and by the will of God and by the Holy Spirit of God, we produce good fruit because we are, by the act of God's grace, good. It doesn't mean that we are perfect. It doesn't mean that we don't sin. But what it means is that we are faithful and that we are declared right and righteous with God on account of Jesus Christ. And so anything that we do in faith, that is good fruit. Anything that we do in love, that is good fruit. And these acts of mercy and kindness and grace are only possible in the life of somebody who recognizes that they have received these gifts from God. When God redeems us, he doesn't redeem just a part of us. He redeems all of us. He moves our focus from what we do to what he does. He moves our focus from who we are to who he is. That's where we receive our assurance. That's where we receive our confidence before God. And that is a wonderful blessing of living in God's kingdom of grace and mercy, which is given to us freely as a gift and revealed to us by the power of God's Holy Spirit, working in his word, who teaches us about Jesus and who he is and what he has done and shows us that Jesus is the way to the Father. So the Pharisees and Jesus here, they're going to end this chapter uh, at odds. They're going to ask for more signs. Jesus is going to refuse to give them any more signs except for the sign of Jonah, where he prophesies that he is going to be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. This is a reference, of course, to his betrayal, arrest, condemnation, crucifixion, and eventual resurrection. And this sign of Jonah section then, for those of you who are drilling through the Bible, I do have one of those red Kairos in it because Jesus clearly here is showing us how the prophet Jonah was a powerful type that demonstrated by his sojourning in the belly of a whale how Jesus himself was going to sojourn through the darkness of God's wrath and death in the heart of the earth for us. And so we have on Jesus's words, if you don't believe my words, believe Jesus' words. I got a red Cairo there saying this is a type, that Jonah is a type 
that Christ fulfills by his suffering in our place. And even though Jesus and the Pharisees end up at odds with one another, the people who were listening to Jesus, the people who were trusting Jesus, the people who are following Jesus, these people, Jesus lifts them up. Because when Mary and his brothers come to see him, and the people say that his family is outside waiting to speak to him, he responds rather curiously, Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? And then he stretched out his hand toward the disciples, and he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. This is your place in God's kingdom by the work of his Holy Spirit, that you are declared a brother, a sister, a mother of Jesus as you follow him by his gracious invitation. And so we leave this conflicted chapter where Jesus and the Pharisees are arguing and doing battle in the public eye with a wonderful blessing, embracing our place in God's family, recognizing the work of his Holy Spirit in our hearts, minds, and lives, and thanking God for the blessing of being a part of his family, even though we could never hope to or aspire to attain to such a wonderful and great gift. Have you decided to journal through the Bible, whether for yourself or a loved one? Please let us know through the contact form at familybiblejourney.com so that we can send you some encouragement and add you to our list of folks who have committed to journaling through the Bible with us. Our blessing for today. May God's Holy Spirit have his way in your heart and life so that you produce good fruit lasting unto eternal life. Amen.